Today's scripture from the Old Testament is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort for God's people. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all her sins. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. A voice said, shout. I asked, what should I shout? Should shout that people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. Shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. If you'd please stand for the reading of the New Testament. John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, and 19 through 28. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Well then, who are you, they asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness. Clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, If you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told them, I baptize with water. But right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his, ministry, though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River, 
where John was baptizing. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. So good to see you here today. I'm Martha Wagley. Um, I've been around a while. And I am retired. Retired actually here from Memphis first several years ago. And uh, my husband Jerry sings in the choir in the early service. And so we've been connected uh, here at Memphis First for several years. And it's great to be with you uh, this morning as well. This is the third Sunday in Advent. Advent uh, is a part of, of, well, it's a part of the Christian year. But the lectionary readings publish a common scripture that's used by many churches, many denominations. And so sometimes that scripture uh, is one from which ministers uh, preach and proclaim the gospel. So the third Sunday in Advent is some of the colors is this blue. And then if you'll notice on the candles, there's the purple. So you might see a purple on stoves or certain people wear uh, that color to signify uh, that we are in Advent. So I just wanted to, I don't get to wear this very often. So I thought, well, I'm going to wear it this morning. Anyway, the third, third Sunday in Advent, but I was really tempted to wear this stole. Don't you think that looks pretty good? It's blue, right? Yeah. After the game yesterday, I would think that, um, you know, University of Memphis might need a little recognition. There's one in the back that has that, that Memphis blue on as well. Anyway, third Sunday in Advent. And the scripture that Darwin read, uh, of course, is the, is the basis for uh, the message this morning. And um, this, this John the Baptist... I mean, here he is with us. As somebody said last Sunday when we were worshiping, another cheery Christmas scripture. Well, it didn't sound so cheery this morning about John the Baptist. But he is included in this Christmas story. He's there every second Sunday in Advent, every third Sunday in Advent. He's there. And if we follow the lectionary every year, on that second and third Sunday in Advent, he's there. So we've heard it again today. Now, the thing is that um, John the Baptist is in every gospel reading, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Everyone, he is there. Sometimes he's in the desert after Jesus had grown and, and was back from Egypt. In Nazareth, then John the Baptist is there. Sometimes he's in the wilderness telling about John the Baptist. Both were adults. Sometimes he's across the Jordan, like today. Here he is in Bethany, outside of Jerusalem. John is there. Now the birth story, the one you know that we anticipate with the shepherds, the angels, Mary and Joseph, it's included in only two of the gospel lessons, Matthew and Luke. But John, standing out there, looking like a hippie, 
wearing clothes made of camel hair and a leather belt around his waist. And he says the same thing every year. Repent. He doesn't say Merry Christmas. He says, repent, repent, as the situation in today's gospel. Make the Lord's path straight. Where is John the Baptist's Christmas spirit? I don't see it in this. Repent and be baptized. Or prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Do you have, uh, I'm sure most of you have your Christmas trees up. Have your Christmas trees up. Do you have a John the Baptist ornament? <laughs> Do you see on the Christmas, you know what the Christmas tree is, means the, the Christ monograms, Christmas. If you look at all the symbols on the tree, you'll see how different ones uh, represent Christ, the life of Christ, the story of Christ, the Christ monograms. You see a John the Baptist up there? don't see a John the Baptist up there. I would say he's not up there because sometimes he, he doesn't seem to represent the Christmas spirit. But he's there every Sunday. Have you sent your Christmas cards yet? Does this look like one of the Christmas cards that you've sent to your friends and relatives? Uh, there's, there's John the Baptist out there. He's, he's looking pretty wild. He's got on that that coat and that leather belt, and he's pointing his hand up, you know. Repent, repent. There he is. Doesn't look like much of a Christmas card, does it? <laughs> on those e-cards, you know, those electric cards you get on email, email cards. <laughs> um, anyway, I never can quite figure out how to send those, but I, I've, I've gotten them. But there's no John the Baptist. On those, on those cards. But here we are, one week away from Christmas. And here he is. I mean, he's not around a beautiful scene of the manger with Mary and Joseph. But how do we get to the manger? It's just a week away. How do we get to the manger? How do we get there from here? Well, you got to go through John the Baptist. You got you to have an encounter there with John the Baptist. And so we open our eyes to see him. We listen to what he says. We give him a place in Advent. Hmm. Well, reading back at Isaiah 40, the third verse. The people were captives in Babylonia. They were in darkness. And Isaiah's vision promised a second exodus with an angel carving a straight road through the wilderness to allow the Israelites to return to their promised land. It was good news. This return God actually made possible by providing leaders and prophets and Isaiah. It was a, a vision promised by Isaiah that reflects in our gospel lesson. John was the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And Zechariah was a, a priest, so John was a, a pastor's kid. <laughs> 
John was a pastor's kid. Yeah. And Elizabeth was his mother. And Elizabeth and Mary, the mother of Jesus, were cousins. And in Jesus' day, God had sent John to call the people to make straight a way to Jesus, a new way of living. Because here in that day, as, as really in the Old Testament scripture, the powers of government were real. The darkness of evil and, and pain and suppression by rulers, laws that were unjust, real. Trouble in Jerusalem. As John is out there in the wilderness, there's darkness. And John was sent from God to be a witness of a new way. A new way so that through his message, everyone could change direction as a nation. His mission was to testify concerning the light. Verse 8, but the people didn't recognize the light. They didn't welcome John. And John told them clearly, I am not the Christ. Then who are you? And they began guessing, Elijah, the prophet, who are you? We need you to give us an answer because we've had certain people of power that sent us out here. So what do you say about yourself? <laughs> he says, I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness, but my message is, make straight the path. He uses the power of the prophet Isaiah to state his purpose. You see, John's message of making straight to Jesus Christ is a guidance for us as we move closer to the birth. He is necessary for Advent, moving us forward to Christmas. And so we listen. Make the path straight. Make the Lord's path straight. It's not about road construction. We know that, don't we? It's about life. Metaphorically, clear out what stands between you and reaching Jesus Christ at Christmas. Remove the, the boulders that block the path to freedom of love those outward forces that threaten us, other inward forces that we live with as human beings. It is walking without losing our balance. It's, it's fixing our eyes on that distant object, setting our gaze on Christ with his message of love and hope and new life. We will be less likely to go astray if we, if we keep our focus on Christ. If, instead of getting all caught up in all of the, the things to do or to see or to be at this Christmas season. But John is calling us to focus on the light and make use of the resources that we have in being in Jesus Christ. We cannot go alone to the manger. We need one another. We need the community. We need resources that we walk side by side and go together. Jerry and I, my husband Jerry and I, um, 
We sometimes have some balance issues. In fact, that's why I've got this stool. It's not a balancing, but I'm having trouble with my left hip, so I don't want to fall off the little area out to do. You don't want me to fall. Anyway, was that the point? We go to this balance therapy. It's called imbalance. And Mary Beth is our therapist, and she teaches us to keep our eye focused. And while you're focusing that, you can walk and look. You can even, because of the peripheral vision, it helps you keep your balance. And you can move and, and manipulate and not fall so easily. And so she's teaching us how to walk a straight path without stumbling. Now, admittedly, sometimes some of us will need a cane to provide that balance. That's another resource. And we need others sometimes to support us, to walk hand in hand, to help us walk straight. So we use the resources available. Where do we get that support? One of the scripture lessons was recommended today as a, as a resource for us as we, as we try to walk to the light, through the darkness. Ephesians 6, it says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It uses the image of God's armor. I'm not too keen on that, but it's still a good image. An armor, something that you're able to stand firmly against all the strategies of, of the evil that are around us. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood, it says, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against the evil spirit that's in the heavenly places. It's one of the resources to which we go and hold firmly. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, known as the fruits of the Spirit. Here, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It's a gift. It's given us love and joy and peace, patience and kindness. In our own beings, we have those. We have goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. These are gifts that, that Paul uh, speaks of in the book of Galatians. And they're there for us. The, these fruits of the Spirit are in our lives as resources, as that to which we can go. It's not anything you have to don't go do. You don't have to decorate a tree with it. You don't have to buy presents with it. It's the gifts of the Spirit. And these are, are things that are given to us by God's grace. These are gifts. So John the Baptist is making a, a wake-up call. When we are supported by um, this kind of gift, we can move through the darkness. We are surrounded by that, by forces of government, by military invasions around the world, injustice to women and children, gun violence and killings in our own city. And we see and we hear John right here at Christmas. Make the Lord's path straight. We are given an opportunity 
at this time of the year for redirection, for making another path, for choosing a way that we set our eyes on what brings joy and what brings freedom. And we're focusing on what we have to do at Christmas. This experience of John the Baptist enters our lives. John's role as witness and Jesus' role as light are inseparable. And we can have that joy that we find at Advent. So we clear out our way to Christmas in a heart and head issue. We open our hearts. Gary Charles says it, I think, in a way that, that meant a lot to me as I was thinking about that this week. He, John the Baptist, arrived not to get everything decorated and everyone ready for Christmas, but to prepare the way of the Lord. He came to bear witness to the coming light of God, reminding all who would listen that the darkest forces in the world are not finally as powerful as they appear. What a difference it would make in the joy and the freedom of Advent. What sounds maybe to you like rules and orders from John the Baptist are actually gifts of grace. Grace upon grace upon grace, clearing out the way to Christmas. So when somebody asks you, are you ready for Christmas? <laughs> it's not a to-do question. It's a spiritual question. Are you ready for Christmas? And you can say yes. We are ready for Christmas. And there's no better place than to realize that than in worship, in sanctuary with your friends, your neighbors. There's no better place than at the Lord's table, the table of communion around which all are invited, where we gather in the grace of Jesus, the communion table, the greatest resource that we have to receive the love, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.